When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, Bulls Nation? And welcome in to another live episode of the CHGO Bulls Podcast presented... By PointsBed. Don't forget that promo code CHGO when you sign up to live your bet life. Ooh, I had a great points bet night last night, Dave. I remember you texting about it. You mm. were very excited. John ja Morant won me so much money on points bet last night. Thanks, yes. Ja. <laughs> We're going to talk a little bit about uh, these NBA playoffs uh, at the back end of today's show. Oh, please. Uh, but we have to continue our player evaluations first. Yes. Um, by the way, you can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. Dave here is at BAL, B-A-W-L Sports. And in the magic bubble, our pal Will the Goat Gottlieb. Follow him on Twitter at Won't Gottlieb. How you what doing, Will? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. I, uh, I'm excited to talk about the other NBA playoff games going on right now. But uh, let's let's talk about Vooch. What a Dude. weird season for Vooch. We have to. I don't maybe know. I still don't know how I feel. A very <laughs> a very polarizing player. Um, yeah, yeah. as uh, a C uh, Red UK said in the comments, because it was an up and down year for Vooch. Um, and I think the Bulls fans have very strong opinions about him. Yeah. Um, you know, we got we got people like the the Vooch apologists, like our pal Mark K. Uh, and, and me, to to a certain degree as well. And then we got the people who were like, everything that went wrong with the Bulls this season was Vooch's fault and Vooch's fault only. Very true. Um, and and everything in between. Right. So um, it's I think it'll be an interesting conversation to talk about how we felt Vooch's season went and what happens next with Vooch. So let's let's dive in, you guys. Joey, let's take a look at our grades for Mr. Man in the Middle, Vooch. Um, same system as we did with Damar yesterday. We got offense, defense, meathead grade, and then overall grade. Mm -hmm. Starting with offense, okay, so uh, uh, Will and I both went with a C-. Mm -hmm. Dave, you went with a B. Yes. I graded this based off of Vooch's career numbers mm -hmm. and what I was expecting from him mm. this season, his mm -hmm. first full season with the Bulls, and came up to, with the conclusion that he was a little bit below average of what I wanted him to be. You gave him a solid B. Let's start with your reason for that grade. Thank you, Matthew, for passing that to me. It's very nice. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I gave him a B. I, I wrestled with this. Uh, I thought about a C. But then I just thought about the island that he was basically on all season long and how much they really depended on Vooch. And then I thought about the things that he did uh, offensively uh, and, and what he can do offensively, excuse me, uh, shooting the three, uh, having the post game, 
uh, passing, you know, just all those things, the rebounding, all those things that he does. And basically, he was the only one that could do them all <laughs> on the Chicago Bulls. He's the only one that could do every single one of those things because Lonzo can do them, mm-hmm. but Lonzo was injured. And Lonzo is not going to get you uh, that high of a point average, even at 17. That's not Lonzo Ball's game. He's not going to get you that high. He's not going to get you over 10 rebounds either. He's not going to do that either. Uh, he will shoot that 40% from three. Uh, I liked how dependable he was because, you know, the best ability is availability. He played 73 games 73. Uh, this season for the Bulls. He was something they could depend on all the time. Then, Matt, I started thinking about all of the clutch moments that I remember him having uh, this season for the Bulls. And a few of them early on, like in that Detroit game, the first game of the season, mm-hmm. when he hit that key three-pointer to pre- pretty much bring them back and take yep. that lead for them. That New York game when he cut it to one, when, again, he hit that big old three-pointer. Uh, he hit some colossal shots He did for the Chicago Bulls this year, man. And even when games that he was struggling, I like the fact that he was figuring out a new, basically a new position on this team. He's used to being a number one. He's not used to being a guy that has to defer. He's used to being the guy everybody gives is uh, running the offense through. So for him having to adjust to that and do all that, not have a great season offensively, and then I look at your numbers, I'm like, your great season is still 17 and 11? Mm-hmm. I gave him a B, solid B. What about you, Will? A lot to unpack there. I, I agree with a lot of what you said, Dave. And for me, I wanted to try to look at this a little bit more like objectively than the DeMar grade from yesterday. Um, so j- I guess just like zooming out and looking at some of his numbers here, 17.6 points per game, uh, 11 rebounds, 3.2 assists, a steal, a block, shooting 47 from the field, 53.7% on twos, 31.4 on threes, and 76 at the line. So those are kind of the the overarching box score stats here. And what I wanted to do was just like go look at some of the advanced metrics as well, because I did have a really hard time deciding like, am I grading this against Vooch, against what I thought Vooch should be? Am I grading it against what he has been in his career? against what the Bulls actually needed out of him. So there's a lot of different ways to look at it. And when you look at a lot of the advanced numbers here, they're all kind of around neutral. They're all kind of around zero. Uh, His offensive EPM, which is sort of like the the best or most accurate uh, all-in-one metric is 0.5. Zero is obviously uh, like neutral or replacement level. He was negative 1.8 in offensive Raptor, which is ESPN 538's metric, negative 0.36 in RAPM, and 0.8 in offensive box plus minus. So a lot of just average numbers, if you ask me. And I think, you know, it's fair to be disappointed with his offensive output. You do have to give him a ton of credit for how like reliable he was in terms of being out on the court. But to me, he just like didn't like he he in theory does a lot of these things that you're mentioning, Dave, but like he just didn't do them this year. And so for me, it was hard to give him anything more than uh, a C. I ultimately went with C minus um, and a C plus on defense because I thought he was a little underrated there, averaging it out at a C. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm with Will in that. Uh, this, it's just, You're not wrong in anything you said, Dave, about what Vooch still provided for this team and the fact that along with Damar, he was – the guy that was availability being a value uh, more so than other uh, uh, of his teammates who missed time sporadically and often throughout the season. 
to me, it just came down to the biggest disappointment from me about Vooch's season offensively was his his percentages. Like, as simple as that. If his percentages, instead of 47.3 from the field and 31.5 from behind the three-point line, were 51-52 from the field and closer to 40% from three, I would have been thrilled with the offensive season from Vooch. It was just the combination of the fact that his outside shot was almost never there other than a, a short spurt towards the end of the season when his shot finally started to fall. But that also he started the first third of the season just missing bunnies around the basket. Like he had the yips or there was a lid on the hoop or whatever it was. It was frustrating. And I, and I, I think Vooch even kind of admitted as much in his exit interview when the season ended last week that like whatever it was, it was some kind of mental block that mm. he wasn't comfortably getting his shots uh, up in the way that he was used to. And it could be what you were talking about, Dave, adjusting to a new role mm -hmm. offensively. But it was just so frustrating to watch because we know the guy who was yeah. in Orlando, the guy the Bulls traded for, the, yeah. they thought they were getting, is a guy who, yeah, in the you know the mid to latter stages of his Orlando tenure, turned into a guy who could knock it down from 40% behind mm -hmm. the three-point line. But more importantly than that, had a nice arsenal of moves around the basket. Mm. And for whatever reason, Vooch just had the yips around the basket. And that, that to me, is why I couldn't even give him a C. I had to give him a C-. minus. Yeah, I, I completely get that. Um, and I think that's, for me, why I gave it the B. Because of all of those things, going through the yips, like you said, missing those bunnies, missing wide-open threes, all of those things, and to still provide us with a dude that is a walking double-double and a high double-double every single game, you know, that's stability to me. You know, that's still being a guy who's being stable that I can actually depend on and say, well, at least I know I'm giving 15 and 8 or 15 and 9 from him at least tonight. I know mm -hmm. I'm getting that. So if that's working, then what else can work within the offense? Let me find something else. And then to that, uh, Will, to the point you were making, uh, he, he, the, he can do all these things, but he wasn't doing all those things. And you're absolutely right in that. What I liked was he started figuring those things out later on in the season as the season went on. Um, I like how they started to try to utilize him more. They went to him in the post, started going into him early and often uh, in the post to get him going. Um, then he became basically their only three-point shooter on the basketball team, which is absolutely crazy. Yeah. He shot the most threes, I believe, that he shot – Ever, either ever or since, like, his year before he left in Orlando. It was a lot. It was a lot of threes he, he, he shot. And it was that aspect of it as well. And the fact that you, he has to utilize, we'll talk about the defense in a second, but he had to be that anchor also uh, defensively for the Chicago Bulls. So to have an offseason, and I'm looking at your numbers, and you're like, you have an offseason, you didn't play well. You were 17 and 11 and almost 50% from the field. Shot about 47, 48% from the field. That's not good, but if that's your offseason, that's that's not terrible to me. Yeah, I think uh his his uh two point field goal percentage actually was um one of the highest that it's been in like three or four or maybe even five seasons. So he really did turn it around scoring inside the basket. And, you know, like you guys said, I mean, it just took him a while to adjust to this new role. And when shots weren't falling, he like like you said, Matt, he got in his own head. And to me, uh, I'm empathetic to that. Like I, I wish that he was just hitting shots because I think that would have totally changed the narrative about him. Like if his three point percentage was just like three or 4% higher, I think people would have a completely different perspective on him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's an adjustment coming to a new team playing now moving from the first option to the third option. But, uh, I think the bulls just like 
ultimately really needed more from him. And if you look at big time centers who are all stars, who kind of are able to do everything as opposed to a rim rolling lob catch type of center or a pick and pop three only type of center. Uh, it just, it didn't feel like he was really doing anything at a high enough level um, with the exception of maybe passing. But I think even that is that that was kind of slightly above replacement level. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, you know, Matt, you said like they're the two extremes of like complete apologists and Vooch ruin the season, get them off the team. They'll be better just with Tony Bradley starting and playing 75 games <laughs> next year. I'm well, definitely. <laughs> What's up, Joey? I'm curious what you think because I know that you you're a big national NBA guy, but you know, like a big part of this now with how many threes are being shot, you know, even every playoff game is just like take a, it, make or miss it, you know, and and things are gonna swing every game, and like there's a big reason to believe, like you said, that Vooch is gonna regress back to the mean in a positive way. Like when you look at these career three point percentages over the last couple of years, like this this year is 31, percent but 2020, 38. Uh, before that in Orlando, 406, 400, uh, 40, mm-hmm. 41, 39. Like, you know, he's he's never – this is a big step down, and I think a lot of it probably comes with that role change. And I just think, yeah, I, I, I would bet that he's going to be hitting more shots just because that's where the numbers say. I don't know. And that is – I think that's a totally fair point, but mm-hmm. it's also, I think, not really the grade for this past season. Like, I think Vooch is better than what his grade was this season. That's kind of where mm-hmm. I'm getting. He he did not play his best basketball. I know he would tell you the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- even like three-point shooting aside, I, I don't think this was the best of Vooch. And I think that puts, puts the Bulls in a really interesting and sort of tough situation this summer where they have to decide, are those numbers going to get back up to where they should be? Mm-hmm. Or is this the start of a, of a decline on a, for a player like this? So... I wish That's he had fair. a better season, obviously, um, but I'm just kind of left, and that that was why my meathead grade was just a shruggy because, like, I just don't, I don't know, don't I don't yet, know. Don't <laughs> I've got more more on that topic coming later. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, but even to what to what Joey was saying, like even that three point shooting uh, from Vooch, like him at forty percent was not a common theme for him in his career. You know what I mean? Him having that forty percent. Basically a one-year thing. You know what I mean? He hit that one year, and then the next year, he got traded to the Bulls, and I believe it was like 38 39% total. You know what I mean? So those weren't normal totals for him to be shooting like that. More like 33, (laughs) 34 is is where Vooch is at. Now, it shouldn't be what? What was he, 31? 31. 31 and a half, yeah. Yeah, so it shouldn't be there. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, it shouldn't be at that level. You know what I mean? But I'll... But I, I will agree, though, like, it, it was a step down. Like, there's no way around that. You know, we did expect him to be that 20 and 10 dude that could shoot around that 40% clip right. and give you, you know, a break, you know, when your guys are off. And you didn't get that this year. But the fact that I got what I got out of him in an off year where most dudes, when they slumping, they just – you don't hear from them again. You know what I'm saying? So And he had some games, man. He really did have some straight-up basketball games where you were like – this dude is for real serious. And numbers-wise, he's still a top five, top six center in the NBA. Still. Um, and like I think the thing is, so many bigs uh, in the NBA over the last half decade or so have made a point of adding that to their game because mm-hmm. they see the way that it can help their team offensively with all the floor spacing. Because Vooch is one of a handful. You're like, I'm thinking about 
Brooke Lopez, who had no three-point shot at the beginning of his career. <laughs> Zero. Now yeah. he's like a lethal three-point shot at times for the True. for the Bucks. Al Horford, same deal. Mm-hmm. Al Horford was not a shooter for the first half, for the first two-thirds of his NBA career, taught himself how to shoot threes, and now yeah. he's a more well-rounded player. I, like you said, we needed Vooch to shoot 36, yeah. not 31. Right. And if he shot 36 uh, behind the arc, I think the Bull offensively would have been better and that his grade would be better. Definitely win a couple more games. Uh, yeah. Uh, comment real quick, and then we'll talk about Vooch's defense. Sure. Um, Josh saying, Vooch barely showed up against good teams. All his good games were against bad teams. You know, you could replace the name Vooch with just the Bulls in that <laughs> statement, and it would read exactly the same and be the same amount of correct. But yeah, let's knock Vooch for the Bulls not beating good teams and beating bad ones. Huzzah! Huzzah. Hope you enjoyed that. Um, All right, guys. So, like, defensively, let's pop the grades back up for a sec, Joey, uh, so we can all remember what we gave Vooch on the defensive end. Um, All right. So, yeah, I gave him a B-. minus. Will, uh, a little bit uh, harsher with a C+. Mm -hmm. Dave, you gave him a C-. minus. Interesting here that Will and I both gave uh, Vooch worse grades offensively, but a better grade defensively. Yeah. I'll give my two cents real quick, and then I'll toss it to you. B minus because I still thought with the way that he was active, getting his hands in some passing lanes and disrupting some things, while also having so much thrown at him, especially once Lonzo and Caruso were out or when they weren't on the floor, the Bulls' perimeter defense regressed to the level of awful that it was last season. True, And to me... Based on what we saw Billy Donovan doing with the defensive system, when Vooch ended up trying to guard a two-on-one situation and got cooked, a lot of Bulls fans said, Vooch's fault. Mm-hmm. Vooch's fault. You call that defense? Vooch's mm-hmm. fault. To me, it's because the Bulls' defense already had broken down, and the last line of defense was a helpless Vooch saying, well, what am I supposed to do in this scenario? So many times where you just see Vooch just kind of shrugging or eye rolling or being like helpless because he's picking the ball up out of the, you know, out of their net because he just got beaten a two on one situation in the paint. True. The other thing that I appreciate, and I, I don't think Bulls fans, some Bulls fans appreciated nearly enough, is what you were alluding to earlier with that double double and the rebounding. And the fact that Vooch's defensive rebounding percentage was among the most elite yeah. in the NBA. And when he wasn't off the when he wasn't on the floor, the Bulls' defensive rebounding percentage just fell off a freaking cliff. Yeah. <laughs> For those reasons, I collectively said, you know what? I'm giving Vooch a B minus on the defensive end this season. I have a question. Does does this make sense? For Vooch, that B minus is like an A. Like he did what he could. He's never he has a ceiling defensively. He's he's a big body and mm-hmm. he can't he's not a bam out of bio. He's not super mobile, but he played hard this year. Like he exerted real effort and he was made rotations. He was in the right spots most of the time. Like I just think he caps out at B, B plus. You're not you you're not getting an A plus season from him. So I I, mm-hmm. I I think that was a great assessment. I think B minus is is a really good season if that's what you're getting from him. Okay. I, I can't give him that. Because uh, for me to give him that, for one, for me, it would be me saying I think he's a good defender in general. I don't think he's a good defender in general. Just forget everything I'm, we're, we're about to say and defend him. In general, he's not known as a guy that's good defensively. Um, but for two, and what would bug me the most, man, and I, and I said this we were doing Locked On too, you would see 
when he was struggling offensively, you would see it affect him defensively. That's true. You saw it all the time. You know what I mean? If it wasn't going for him on the offense, he wasn't trying on the defense. And, Matt, you know this. You know I cannot stand lack of effort. I can't mm. stand it. Can't stand it. I can't stand can't it. Can't stand it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it bothers me to no end. That that really gets to me. Uh, Vooch got better at that as the season went on. And, again, I know what he was dealing with. I know the adversity and everything he was dealing with, which is what I'll get into in the Meathead comments later. I know what he was dealing with. I understand that. But I can't excuse lack of effort on your end. The other thing was we sucked. He was great at, you know, defensive rebounding. Offensive rebounding, numbers-wise, this was probably his worst season since, like, his rookie year, offensive rebounding-wise. I believe – if I'm not mistaken, he was averaging like 1.7, and then there was a season he averaged like 1.8. He averaged 1.9 this year. Yeah. That's 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 not good for but, him. But do you knock Vooch for that, or just or is that more so the system? Because I think the Bulls collectively, as a team, were like, well, yeah. we're not going to be an elite offensive rebounding team. So what what we should focus on is getting back on defense. True. That seems to me like they just punted as a team <laughs> at the whole idea of offensive rebounding, and that not not necessarily Vooch's fault. That's fair. That's a very fair assessment, very fair point. There are certain times in the game, though, they needed an offensive rebound, and that's why he was in the game to do, and he didn't get it done. And that's why I'm knocking it for. You know what I mean? I understand the rest of the game. Yeah, you punt, but you're not punting in the fourth quarter with a minute to go, and you got to have the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. He wasn't getting the ball. You know what I mean? He, it just wasn't occurring for him. And, again, I understand the frustration, and I get all of those things, but I can't start somebody at a B when you're not already that good at it, and I don't think you did – a great job. You know what I'm saying? I was like, he's a C minus. You know, it's the same way as I said, I thought DeMar's, if I gave him, what did I give his grade for a defense? A C, I believe it was, yeah, or C, so. something like that. It's the because the C was, because it bled, the A plus bled into that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's what happened. It bled into that. So that B kind of bleeds into that, which gives him a C minus uh, for the defense, man, because it definitely affected him because he was off offensively. But, Again, I love Vooch. I'm not saying this because I hate Vooch. I, I love Vooch, man, and I'll get into that later. All right, Will, what are your thoughts on Vooch's defensive season? A lot of thoughts. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he, for one, was just pegged as the scapegoat from the beginning, and that was really unfair to him. I think, to Joey's point, he is limited, and so you're only going to be able to get a certain amount from him, and maybe that changes the curve um, as far as like what his grade should be. But for me, I think on the whole, he was pretty average. There were times in the year where he looked a lot better, uh, especially early on when you had Lonzo and Caruso, um, where he did get his hands in the passing lane. He had a super high steal rate for a center. Um, his defensive rebounding was not just like awesome, but it was like elite of the elite. Like he was, I think, number one in defensive uh, box outs per game and like 98th percentile in defensive rebounding percentage, something like that. Um, but then there were times when Billy Donovan was kind of calling him out in press conferences saying like, he's not at the point of the screen in these that we're not supposed to be playing drop defense. We're supposed to be higher up at the point of the screen meeting the ball handler. So um, yeah, I mean, I think Vooch is a limited defender. I think he is not as bad as people think, which is why, um, you know, if C is average, I, I put him slightly above because I do think he was slightly above average. Um, but he's certainly not going to be that rim protector that just clean up the glass kind of Rudy Gobert type of defender. And that's okay. That's not really what the Bulls needed him to be. So I was definitely a little bit more lenient there. 
probably could have gone even up to a B minus for me, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I think he just kind of is what he is. And I don't think he had a bad year relative to himself. Uh, I don't think he had a bad year relative to what the bulls needed out of him. And I don't think he had a bad year relative to other centers around the league. So I was slightly above average there. All right. We still got to talk about our, our meathead grades. Uh, and then also uh, look at a projection for what happens for Vooch this off season and moving into next season. We will get to that up next, but first big Dave mm -hmm. hit the people with the points bet slap. My fingers to the face. The best way to support <laughs> CHGO is to download that points bet app and use that code CHGO when you sign up. Because if you do that all right now, you will get two, count them, one, two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get that free CHGO membership that unlocks all of that awesome web content. Mm. You read them articles, Will is writing. The man's pen mm. is on fire mm. right about now. There's smoke coming from that thing, all right? You get all that web content, y'all, and you'll even get a free T-shirt of your choice from that CHGO locker. That's 2,000 in free bets, free CHGO membership, free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a first-time deposit, first-time bet of $50 or more. That boy's bet. And introducing. For my pet, that same game, NBA Live Parlay. Dang it. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live NBA same game parlay only with points bet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during a game. And if you want more. And we know you do. You can always boost your live same game parlays. You can watch live parlay live, boost live, and partay live with points bet. Mm. And for all the people here in this beautiful state of Illinois where the sun hadn't come out for 42 days, one day in 42 days we saw the sun. This is the first time. This, that's absolutely insane. That's a out. fact. It's Look out it though. It's out, it's out right, though now. right now. It's still a little chilly. See the sunshine. But it's still a little chilly, but I'm out. But guess what? You don't have to deal with that. You can stay inside. You can download that PointsBet app right now. Register your account from start Schwing. to finish. All from your wonderful phone. Schwing. So what you waiting for? Because once that game starts, you don't just bet. Wheel the thrill. Hit them with it. You live your bet life. Ooh, smooth. Joey, one time, mm. please. Tell them to bring me my money. Yeah! Oh, love it. You can't hear that clip and not see that guy. It's true. <laughs> you can't. It's impossible. Look at Will. <laughs> you know, give me that money. Where the money resides. Today's episode also brought to y'all by our friends at Strava Craft Coffee. Oh, your favorite. Got my got my new order delivered the other day. Uh -oh. Got a fresh fresh box of Stravas. Uh oh, ready to go. Ready to get in. Always ready to go. <laughs> if you want to start your day with a competitive edge, try that Strava CBD coffee, which is a game changer, and it's helped thousands of people improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava delivers delicious, fresh-roasted specialty coffee infused with organic, broad-spectrum CBD. Mm. CBD from hemp doesn't make you high mm -hmm. or hungry, mm. but it does offer real benefits that can help you feel alert and focused without those coffee jitters, live your day more balanced with less anxiety, fewer aches and pains, mm. plus including CBD in your daily routine. Did you know this, Dave? Can even help you enjoy more restful sleep so you wake up feeling rested, feeling your best. I need that. Yes. I'm sure y'all need that. All of it. The best part is the Trava is all about quality. Everything is small batch, fresh and shipped straight to your door. 
Uh, Strava also offers concentrated full-spectrum CBD tinctures for those looking for a more traditional CBD format. And if you've tried Strava and you love it, you can subscribe and save with the Strava Coffee Club. I am right on the precipice of signing up for the Strava Coffee Club. One of my favorite words. I'm like, I drank all the free samples, Uh ordered more. Uh I'm like, well, I should join the club. You're you're a fan. You know what's cool? Belonging to clubs. (laughs) Especially if those clubs give you cool stuff. Like being a member of CHGO. Hello. Uh, and right now, our listeners can save 25% Ooh. off their entire purchase when you use that code CHGO25. That's mm. 25% off your entire order at StravaCraftCoffee.com mm. with promo code CHGO25 at checkout. Yes. But out. Bam. All right. Back to the grades. Big Dave, yes, explain sir. to us your meathead grade for Nikola Vucevic this season. Which uh, appears to be a common, <laughs> a commonly used uh, abbreviation or acronym, STFU. Yes, uh, Joey, can I get my meathead sound effect one time, please? Uh, <laughs> can you hit that for me one time? Just hold once. on. Yep, yep. Looking for just one time. A lot I'm of away. sound I'm effects take my time here. And sit here and look amazing. Don't worry, I'll wait. <laughs> just need to feel that real quick, baby, because we about to go in and clean on this. Y'all see what it is? And I asked Joey before the show, was this too harsh? Was this too much? It was it. And Joey was like, no, it wasn't. It's not too negative. Not Some too of the much. things I've said on the air on the well, show. Well, yeah, this, again, that's why I asked. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I asked. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I had to check goodness. it out. I just wanted to make sure it was cool, man. <laughs> Shout out to Brandon, man. I just wanted to make sure it was cool. But y'all got to chill. <laughs> y'all have got all season long. My God. Matt, after the first nine games... They were like, that's it. We're done. Get them out of here. It was like four. It was ridiculous, man. It felt like all season long, I'm defending this dude. And I'm like, I get it. He's not having the greatest season. Mm -hmm. I understand that. We see what he's having. The season he's having is still in the top tier of centers in the NBA is what I'm trying to showcase and tell people. And then I'm like, look at why. Does anybody want to point out why he's having these kind of seasons? No, he's not a defensive stalwart, but he has to be. Why? You have no wing help at defense. Mm-mm. DeMar don't do that. Zach don't do that. Pat got hurt. Pat got gone for <laughs> six to eight months. Back in five because he's a Wolverine, but he was out of there for a long time. Lonzo, peace. He's gone. Caruso, out of there. Who's helping him? Who's out there to help this man? Nobody. He was out there on an island, sir, by his damn self. That's what the struggles were. The offense, I will give you. I wanted him to shoot better, yes. But who else is depending on their center to hit six threes a game in the NBA? Who's depending on that? It's nobody. That's not a thing. They were depending on him. Did you not watch the playoffs? They were like, well, just leave Vooch up and let him shoot threes all day long. Nobody does that. I don't care how good your center is at shooting threes. That's not a thing to depend on him to be your number one. You heard what I said, right? Number one three-point shooter. And then he's the number two, three, four, and five. He's all of it. And y'all depended on this dude to do that. And you're like, I don't understand why he's struggling. I just don't get it. When you're working two shifts at your damn job and they're asking you to do more things than you're used to, you might not do them the best because you're doing more. They're not going to be on your ass for that. At least I wouldn't if I was working. I'm not going to be on your ass for that. You're working two shifts. That man's working the day and the night shift, all right? Doing the Lord's work out there, man. He has all the tools of one of the elite to be in the elite center in this NBA. He is a two-time 
All-star, all right? He is, he is really, really excellent at basketball. He has a whole track record of that. He had an all-season not being the number one person on his basketball team. And immediately, they were like, trade him. For who? Who you want? Who out there they're trying to trade for? That's let's, on that kind of level. Let's get Wendell back. Let's get Wendell. Oh, my God. Yeah, let's trade for the dude who can't play center, who didn't play center. He played power forward all season long, had his best season. Did he not have his best season? He had his best season, still averaged less points and rebounds than Vooch, who had his worst. Stop it. All right? He can't play that position. The people you're going to name to get him don't exist. They're not going to get those guys. Well, if Vooch was getting 25 and 12 and shooting 40%, I'd be happy. He wouldn't be here because he would be on another team because that's elite level shit. All right? So just chill. Let him figure it out. He will be all right, man. Vooch is good. All right? This, He'll this be here. This Bulls team has a lot of players that are polarizing in terms of what like what you think their effect is. on the like. There, there are people that are every day in the comments say, like, would have you believe that Zach Levine should be the twelfth man on the bench? Yes. Like, you know, like or should he be on the team? It's pretty we crazy. Don't, we the, don't, the, we the, don't talk to those people. It's pretty Joey. crazy the difference, you know. Of of you know, you can make the case a lot of directions. Not for Zach, obviously, but just yeah. Uh, all right. I Mr. think the Mr. reason Gottlieb. the reason you hear that the reason you hear that is because of how up and down the bull season was. Like they had times where everybody was freaking out and saying that they were a title contender because they looked like one. And then there was the last two months of the season where they looked like they needed to be relegated. So <laughs> it's it like, it makes sense. But uh, Joey, I think we, we might need an anger meter for, for big Dave here after that. Man, that was, <laughs> I've never seen anything like I'm that. Nice before. Wow. Dude, man, that was, it was so frustrating, man. All year. It was that all year long. It's yeah. like, how aren't you watching basketball and seeing why this is happening? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Like, how come, you know, how come you walk funny? I don't have a leg. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a reason for this. That, that's how it happened. You have to look at the reasoning of it. If he had all that stuff around him and then he was still doing it, okay, feel you. You know what I'm saying? You know what? Bet he's having a terrible year. I got that. But he had to make up for so much, man. He can't play D. He's not a great defender, and they're asking him to be one because everybody else around him was hurt. Who are great defenders? Guess what happened? It didn't go well because <laughs> he's not good at that stuff. That stuff is going what? to happen, y'all. Oh my God! All right, I'm gonna it's stop. there's always there's always someone. I mean, you're you're mentioning Wendell, and we can go, we can spend episodes and episodes this summer looking back at that trade. But like at the end of the day, when he was on the Bulls, people were really upset with him because he was being asked to do stuff that he couldn't, that he wasn't capable of, that he wasn't yeah. ready mm -hmm. for. And I'm sorry, but like Wendell, great player. I think he's going to be really good, but he's putting up numbers on a really bad team. And like you saw in the playoffs. <laughs> what they needed Vooch to be. And he was that at times. He wasn't what they needed him to be at times. But you're telling me Wendell was ready to step into that role? I'm sorry, it's just not true. And like I said, we can relitigate the trade and talk about whether the Bulls gave up too much. But I think you're, you're trying to play in the playoffs right now and compete at a high level against the NBA champs. Like you need somebody who knows what they're doing. And Vooch, no knows what he's doing. And so for me, I kind of mentioned this already, but my meathead grade is just like throwing my hands up in the air because I've thought about this every which way. And I just don't know. I don't know what to make of the season. There was a time when I felt like he was being totally unfairly criticized because I thought his defense was really good. 
And it was just a matter of, okay, well, when the shot starts falling, because he shot 40% on threes last year, and he's at like 25 in the first month. Like, yeah, that's he's not this bad. And then there were times when it was really frustrating because the Bulls needed some sort of offensive boost when everybody is out and he just couldn't give it to him. Like, I understand that it's hard to change a role and like go from being the first option to third option. But we're talking about wide open threes at the top of the key and you're shooting 31%. Like, you got to be better than that. And so I see it from both sides. I do land somewhere in the middle. Um, but again, I think it's a, a, and we can talk about like his future with the team, but I think it's a question of like, how do you grade him against himself and his pre previous seasons? How do you grade him against what the Bulls needed out of him this year? And I think the answer to the first one is like below what he is capable of doing, below what his previous seasons indicate uh, he can do. And for the second one, it's also below what the Bulls needed out of him. So for me, it was slightly below average, pretty disappointing year, but I think some of the criticism was like totally overboard and, and he is a very good player, even though he didn't show it at times. Well, we got guy uh, Finley in the comments, throwing us a super chat. Thanks guys. Saying sit down and listen up. Children is the church of actual statistics. <laughs> capital a capital S <laughs> is now in session with the Reverend Dave. <laughs> Although I think if we're going to call Ooh. him Reverend, we should go with the full David. Reverend mm, David. That sounds sound more... better. I like that, man. Yeah, right. Reverend, Reverend Large David. David. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, and one more thing, Will, that you said about Wendell Carter Jr. And you're right. He was asked to do more than he, he actually could do for this team. But for me, I was just like, can you catch the basketball? Like, I was, I was, I was very simple with what I needed from him. Like, he had to leave to find out he couldn't see. You know what I'm saying? Like, he had to leave here to realize, you know what? I think I need glasses. And on the rare occasion he did catch the basketball, could you then maybe, Wendell, look towards the direction of where the basket is? No, that's too much to ask. Yeah, too much. Uh, too well, much the other, the last, the last thing I'll say about that for now is like, yes, he turned into a better, like a, a higher producing offensive player this year, but we don't know that that's what would have happened in Chicago. Like, Bing. You, you see what happened with Kobe. You see what happened with Lowry. Like all these guys, you know, they they still aren't the players that we think they could have been or that they should have been Correct. because they got kind of messed up in Chicago and. Uh, so that's yeah, true. we'll we'll talk about all this later. But I just I don't think that's a fair. We could use Wendell and Franz Wagner and a 2023 pick. Yeah, of course we could. But <laughs> I mean, that's, Will, that's did not they get, really. What the did they was. all get messed up as former lottery picks who did not grow, or were they children who were prepared for the road? <laughs> because now they're now they're men oh, on man. a on a road for men. Because uh, they were children and now they're men because they were being prepared for the road. It's my neuralizer. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say, we got to get the neuralizer out for that. Oh, uh, Jimothy, you dumb bastard. Uh, all right, let's uh, move on. Uh, so, so my, my, me me it. my me I just gave him an A-plus because he put up with so much nonsense to, uh, uh, complaints for Bulls fans this year. Okay. Some of it was valid. Yeah, I, There were nights where I was like, come on, Vooch, that's garbage. But... The vo the sheer volume of unintelligent, misguided yeah. blame placed on his shoulders and his shoulders alone this yeah. season was outrageous to me. I agree. And so I graded him fairly in offense, defense, and overall with, you know, ranging from C- minus to B-. minus. I'm giving him that, that meathead A-plus because he did not deserve 
the level of of blame that he got this season. Got Nowhere close to it. He got a lot. He definitely got a lot and dealt with a lot and took a lot. And and shout out to him for that. <laughs> Actually taking that, all yeah, that, that stuff. Yeah, that affects guys. Like, they're human yeah. beings. If everybody hates you and your shot isn't falling and like, <laughs> yeah. right. th- that's not going to help your shot go in, you know, like <laughs> I just, I, I, f- I feel bad for him in a lot of ways because like I said, and I think we all agree here, like he is a better player than his season would indicate. True. And for sure. I don't know. I don't know where that leaves us with the overall scores or with, you know, what's going to happen on the last year of his deal here in Chicago. So uh, it's a lot of question marks, but I do think he just got, got to be that scapegoat and it's not fair. I agree. Uh, speaking of that final year of his contract, Will, let's now move ahead and, and talk about what happens next with Vooch. Uh, looking ahead to this offseason. Well, overall grade, I was pointing at. Oh, we'll yeah. Get to that first. So, um, well, mine, I think we were we were all pretty pretty much uh, similar. C. I think Will had a C. You um, had B minus. B minus. B minus with his, which is pretty much a C plus. Yeah. You know what I mean? But B minus for Vooch and what he got, man. But, yeah, just wanted to say the overall grades of people. There right. we go. Uh, okay, and now you see it, the uh, Vooch 2023 outlook. The final year of his contract, which is $22 million. This is a de-escalating contract. Yes. Last season, it was, so this season that just ended was 24. Mm-hmm. Season prior to that, when he came to the Bulls at the trade deadline, was 26. Final year up ahead in the 22-23 season will be $22 million. For whether or not he's coming back, I put at... 80%. Okay. Yesterday's show, I had DeMar at 100%, 100% coming back. You did. What do you guys think? Do either of you disagree substantially with where I have Vooch's likelihood of returning next season at 80%? If anything, I would have bumped it up a little higher, maybe to like 85%. I know a lot of Bulls fans are saying, is there some kind of trade? Because we still need an upgrade at the center spot. We need better rim protection. We need these things, and Vooch isn't these things. I don't I don't see that happening. What about you guys? Uh. I would say I have it a little higher. Yeah, eighty. I'm gonna say ninety-five. Okay. Uh, honestly, that that's not to say that he couldn't get traded mid-season or something like that. But as far as starting the season and mm-hmm. coming back, I think, and that's honestly based off their short history. They when they got this team and inherited it, they ran that team to see if they had the right kind of guys. Mm-hmm. When they found out they didn't, they started right around All-Star break getting people off the team. Right. With Vooch and this system, he talked about continuity. So that told, tells me he's willing to bring everybody back and try it again. But that doesn't mean he's willing to sit and be satisfied with the results if it isn't working out. So I think he'll be back if he, <laughs> if he does do his thing. We'll see it, man. <laughs> you guys work quick. Come on, man. You can't be swinging that on me, Ben Simmons, <laughs> man. man. You got your microphone. You got your pulpit. You got you got your Holly Bibble. You got oh, everything. Oh, man, dude. Boy, that boy clean, too, man. And <laughs> when, when Reverend David is is uh-huh. standing at the, you know, uh, at the altar, uh-huh. still got the headphones still on. Still got the headphones on, baby. <laughs> still got the headphones on, man. Got the music pumping in, baby. Oh, my God. Oh, I love that. That was awesome, Joey. Thank you. That was amazing. Go ahead, Will. I, that was <laughs> I, I don't know what I, I totally lost my train of thought after seeing that. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? Vooch? Oh yeah. Vooch uh, is off season and whether or not he's returning. Back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the the continuity thing that you mentioned, Dave, I think is is true. I was expecting uh AK to say something along those lines and he did. Um but I think even just looking at it from like a basketball standpoint, um like, what do you do if not bring back Vooch? Like, okay, so you want to improve the center position, obviously. And I think 
with good reason. Like we, as we talked about, we needed a better, we needed to see better production out of the center spot. So the goal here is not just to like dump Vooch, right? It's the same conversation that we've had with Zach. You don't get better by losing him because especially at the center spot, the Bulls just have no one behind him. So let's talk about getting better. How are you going to do that? You're going to trade Vooch and a protected future first round pick from the Blazers to get Rudy Gobert or like Cat or something? Like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. And said, I thought we were trading Vooch and Kobe for Gobert. Yeah. <laughs> and Rudy it's just like, got punished in this last series because he can't score. Like, yes. Vooch. There's there you're you, there's give and take. Vooch does stuff that Rudy's not giving you. Yeah, Luca was giving him props. And and if I would rather have Vooch for eighty million than Gobert for two hundred every day. But go That's, on, Will. I, I agree. Unless you're gonna have a real case of replacing him. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you you want to get better, and I think it's everybody overvalues their own players when when they're talking about trades. Like people have been shitting on Kobe this whole year, really his whole career. And saying he's not good, so let's just package him and Vooch, who we also don't think is very good, for an all-star center. Like it just it doesn't work that way. So I think realistically, if you're going to change up the center position, it's going to be uh, not like a downgrade, but like where Vooch is supposed to be sort of a do-it-all center, right? Like he can defend a little bit, he rebounds really well, he can shoot, he can score in the post, he can play make out of short roll. You're probably talking about getting a pick and pop specialist or a lob catching specialist. And does that really make you better? I mean, if you're playing against the Bucks, now you're crowding the paint even more with Rudy Gobert trying to catch lobs. Uh, no, you want like, you want a floor spacer, but then, okay, maybe you're playing against a smaller team that wants to punish you for not having a, a post scoring threat. Then what do you do? So I think it's a really tough spot to be in. Um, at the same time, if they are gonna make a move, I think they do need to do it this summer. If you're talking about continuity being important, Getting this done during training camp is going to be very important. The only way I see them making a move mid-season would be if like everything is going haywire and they just are trading guys for picks. So uh, I think it'll be a really interesting decision that comes this summer. Um, but I think more likely than not, he will be returning. Yeah, I, th I mean, I'm right on there that line with you guys in that if it's if it's not 80%, it's higher than 80%. The Vooch is coming back. I only made it that low so that maybe some Bulls fans out there who, you know, have silly hopes about some big change for the Bulls at the starting center spot wouldn't be mad at me. would be like, oh, come click, on, 100%. You just you don't believe in anything being possible. But I, well, there I you think, go. I, I, I we should have titled the episode 20% chance Vooch gets traded this offseason. Just clickbait everybody to death. But it's no. true, though. Like, if they do, the, the logical place to make an upgrade or to make a change on the roster is center, right? Because... Yeah. They seem very happy, obviously, with the Rosen. They want Levine back, Caruso and Ball. It's like, just get healthy. You guys were amazing. So if you, and like, you're still the six seed, you're not at the level of the Bucks or the Celtics or the Heat or the 76ers even. So where do you go if you want to upgrade? I think that's the logical place. And I think that's why people are looking to it. Um, and who knows? I mean, AK has shown he's super creative in trying to make upgrades to this roster, doing it with trading out draft picks, uh, operating over the cap to try to bring in guys uh, in free agency. So who knows? But I think it makes sense that people would want to move on from him to upgrade that spot. But I am too stupid to figure out a way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, real quick before we move on, because we did also want to touch on the awesome playoff games from last night. Uh, 
the the thing that I wrote down as far as areas to improve. And what you're talking about, like yesterday with Demar and I got and today Vooch, these vets who like their game is their game, right? <clears throat> you don't have a whole lot of hope for like huge growth in the offseason as opposed to a player like Pat or uh, or Io. I you know, and, and I talked about this at the start of the show when when I was grading his offensive season. Just if just go back to having your all star caliber field goal percentages and three three point field goal percentages. And, and like, I, I don't expect Vooch to be much of a different player on the defensive end. Is there yeah. anything you guys would like to see him do differently, do better, assuming he's back next season compared to what we saw this season? You know, I think that's the most important thing of what you're saying in the areas of improvement is even though we all none of us are really high on his defense, we aren't like, okay, that's got to improve. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, it's, it is what it is kind of thing. You got to improve the people around him right. before that, you know, stuff concerned. That's not that wasn't the concerning thing, you know what I'm saying, for Vooch this year. It was the three-point shooting. That was the concerning thing. It was the missing layups. That was the concerning thing. It was that I couldn't depend on him to hit that mid-range shot at a consistent clip. Those were the concerning things uh, for Vooch because that's what he does well. So when you're struggling at the things you do well, that's what you want to improve on. Not the stuff that I know I'm going to chalk up. Like, nah, eh, he's not going to do that. He's not going to do that. Not right. going to try to have him improve on it in year, what, 11, 12? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you are what you are at this point on that. Uh, just, just put forth the effort is all I'm asking. You know what I mean? Let me show you the effort. And, yeah, let's work on uh, the three-point shooting. And hopefully he is now, being in his second year in this system, now a little bit more comfortable with not being the number one or the number two guy out there, but knows how to do that if we need him to, you know what I'm saying? Let's say based on injury or what have you or something like that. For me, it's it's very clear that he just needs to like not be in his head. I think he needs to have like a little bit more mental toughness in that way where, okay, fine, the shot's not falling. Look, he's been to the All-Star game twice. He's had more playoff appearances in the past five years than the Bulls have as an organization. Uh, he knows how to play at a high level, so he needs to go out and do it. Even if the shot's not falling, when things are not going his way, he just needs to not get in his own head. He admitted it. I think it was pretty obvious that like, when you see a 10% drop-off in three-point percentage, like something's up. It's it's a mental thing, and he just cannot let that affect himself and his shot especially next year. I think you guys said it. Like You kind of know what he is defensively. I'm not expecting any... like major additions to his offensive arsenal or anything like that just like be a little bit more mentally tough and be okay with missing and like shake it off sooner have that next play mentality uh all right uh before we talk about these games from last night real quick big dave yeah points bet one more shout out one more quick shout out one. for him. i'll make it a quick one if you enjoy chgo the one way to help us to continue to grow that rhyme is to download the points bet app and to use that code chgo when you sign up because not only are you going to get those two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars but if you make a fifty dollar or more first time deposit you will receive a free chgo membership which unlocks all of that awesome web content and you'll get a free t-shirt of your choice from that chgo locker mm -hmm. and in case you missed me saying it earlier if you live in this beautiful state of illinois in this wonderful city of chicago you can actually download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book, easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Because once the game starts, you don't just bet, Matt Peck. You live your bet life. <sighs> mm. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Oh, I do not have a problem. I don't either. I think you have a competition. I mean, the problem I have is that we only have two NBA playoff games tonight. That's your problem? That's that's the sad part about when you advance to the conference semis. 
It's like, okay, you're lucky to get two games in a night. Sometimes right. it's one. You're right. Like, uh, and they uh, stretch it out. Bucks celtics I didn't know this until they were wrapping up the broadcast last night. That was, you know, game two, so it's split 1-1 one, one with them now. We don't get game three until Saturday. Yeah, that sucks. What the hell is that? <laughs> that sucks. The hell is that? What's he going to do? And the weather's not right yet? That, you know what? That's a hat throw. That's a hat throw? That's a hat throw. That deserved a hat get throw? Get your shit together, NBA playoff schedule, people. Wow. I didn't know that deserved a hat throw. My goodness. Bull season ended a week ago. I haven't thrown my hat in a week, Dave. <laughs> Um, but speaking of, let's, let's touch on that series first. He's um, huge bounce back from the Celtics last night yeah. after they dropped game one at home. That was some of the best basketball execution that I've seen mm-hmm. anywhere this season, regular season playoffs. They moved the ball beautifully mm-hmm. and then knocked down their shots on yes. offense. They had that Bucks defense chasing their own tails, something yeah. the Bulls could not accomplish in that first round series. And they played elite Celtics defense, yeah. the, the defense that we saw from Boston in the back half of the season that had them go on that crazy dominant stretch mm-hmm. to get them to that, uh, you know, that uh, top seed in the East or second, second seed in the East. Mm-hmm. Any, any specific uh, takeaways from you, Dave, on that uh, Bucks celtics game too? Yeah, um, I mean, absolutely impressive, you know what I'm saying, what they did. That was just a perfect basketball game that you could play. Uh, for them, I don't know if they'll play that way the rest of the series, but that just lets you know how good they are and why you should be worried about them because they're that good. Um, but I think it also showed their just. I want to give credit to the coach, man, because it shows their resiliency. Because remember when this team started out, they didn't start out hot. I remember that Bulls game where they gave up that eighteen twenty four at one point. Yeah, twenty three and twenty five. You know what I mean? I, re- I remember when they, you know, lost that Bulls game and then had that meeting immediately after, like, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. And Coach was calling out Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Like, what the hell are y'all doing? Y'all yeah, remember, supposed to be good? Remember when people wanted to break them up this, ser- yes. this year? I was like, oh, this is it. Get them out of here. It's not going to work. Yeah, they wanted mm-hmm. to break that up and get rid of that. But, no, I appreciate the coach. Thanks, Lawrence. I appreciate the coach. Lawrence is so kind. I appreciate the coach, man, you know, for giving them that mental toughness, man, and showing them how to come back from adversity because after that first loss he just that's exactly what you saw they went back they regrouped they figured some things out they said we'll change this part and oh yeah we'll just actually be good how about that yeah (laughs) yeah I I appreciate the coach man and and they they look perfect in that game I don't think they'll look perfect the entire series but they they look perfect in that game for sure very uh 2014 Spurs like just mm-hmm. the ball, the ball movement. I knew they were an elite defense. I knew they could switch one through five. I knew they have rim protectors on rim protectors, but no Marcus Smart. Uh, just to be able to defend like that against Giannis. By the way, I feel like I'm starting to sour on Giannis a little bit. Not in terms of like I don't think he's good, but it's just annoying to watch him. Like I thought I was just watching the Bulls, where he just like puts his shoulder into someone and then I fouled you. Like what? I I, I it drives me nuts. Um. But yeah, I mean, the way they defend him has been really impressive. Uh, Drew Holiday remains one of my favorite players. He is just so freaking good on both sides of the ball. But to your guys' point, I mean, the way that they were moving the basketball, driving, kicking, driving again, kicking out again, the way that you saw the Bucks working on defense was just insane. I haven't watched basketball like that in a really long time. So uh, that has been... One of my favorite series in the second round, the second one, probably the my favorite is this Warriors Grizzlies series, mm. which has just been unbelievably mm. fun to watch. Just like two of the highest powered offenses you'll ever see playing two totally different styles. 
uh, Steph Curry doing crazy Steph Curry stuff, John Morant doing even crazier John Morant stuff. Uh, this is this is just such a fun series. So really great I, basketball last night. I cannot believe like. And it's been going on for a while, so it's nothing new. But Jordan Poole is just so good and just yeah. has really just a has breathed life into that Warriors. Like I, I don't know if they would really be at this level. That I mean, they have the big three still, but Poole just makes them so dynamic. Like yeah. he's really well, been a huge part of that. The thing that's great about Poole is that we all knew we all knew he was a talent. He could score the ball. He was incredible, just like one on one scorer. And but he's the passing, way that he's, bought he's, he's into, defending too, yeah, right? The and the, the screening, like the the way the Warriors use Steph and Clay as screeners to open up passing and driving and cutting avenues. Like he's bought into that. He's moving the ball. He knows the reads now, and it's really fun to watch because yeah. when you have shooters like that who are so willing to use themselves as a screener to get other guys easy baskets at the rim, like it just produces some of the most fun basketball to watch and then if they get it themselves and the help goes to the to the basket now they're just hitting wide open threes so they are they are just such a fun organization i love their system and it's very cool to see jordan Poole kind of step into the the next era of splash brotherdom splash triplets uh splash brotherhood dave ja last night ja! thoughts i want to hear your thoughts. thoughts you know that is my man's right there son been on John Moran since college. Oh, it just feels good watching a guy that you would, you you knew was going to be great actually start doing it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, that just feels good watching greatness grow. Yeah, and you just see it, man. What are you? Forty seven on him, man. Forty seven, eight and eight. <laughs> it was it was it was crazy. Fifteen and, points in the last like two minutes yes. by himself. He scored the Grizzlies' yes. last fifteen points and this by this, himself. And he keeps doing that in the playoffs. Because you saw him do it in round one against Minnesota. He did it against them, too. Won the game by himself in the fourth. And do you remember earlier in the season when he was injured and they were winning with, like, 23-2 and two without him? Mm -hmm. They're like, well, they don't even need him. He doesn't even need to be out there. They could go ahead and trade him and get rid of him. Shut up. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about right there. Those kind of statements. Can't beat the Warriors without him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? He is incredible. He, he is it's rare when you can have somebody um, come back at a guy like Steph Curry. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Even though Steph's going to get you with those three, you have another guy just as dynamic. You know what I'm saying? That can actually hit those buckets that are demoralizing and raise, you know what I'm saying, your your level of play, you know, and raise the level of fandom that's going on at the same time. Steph could do that. All the great ones can do that. Uh, but watching him do this now – it just and man, the stuff he was talking. You see him after the game mm. talking to Steph. Oh like, yeah, we gonna have some fun now. Oh man, I was like, where's my jersey? Why ain't I ordered one yet? I'm slipping. Oh, I love you some jobs. I know Matt has been on the uh, on the Warriors since the beginning, but I'm curious what your Will and Dave's prediction is for the rest of the series. To me, it's a little concerning that you need you they needed every point of that 47 from Ja last night, every bit to beat right. the Warriors, and now you have to go. It's just a hard place to play on the road, yeah. and yeah, I, I, I would, I would probably side towards the Warriors and just the championship pedigree, but yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, they needed forty-seven from Ja mm -hmm. to not go down 0-2 playing the first two games of the series at home. Right. To me, and like, game one with no Draymond. Mm -hmm. Right. And by the way, the uh, the the splash triplets in game two last night: Curry, Thompson, and Poole combined to go. Let's see, six of. 29 mm. from behind the three-point line. Mm. Six of 29. Mm. 
they're not going to chuck up that many bricks in games three, four, five, six, and seven if necessary. I still like the Warriors to win this series, but what I want as an NBA fan mm-hmm. is the Grizzlies to somehow get it to seven games. Oh, yeah. Uh, because I want to watch seven games of this. Will, what about you? Yeah, I'm with you. I was going to note the uh, Warriors' poor three-point shooting as well. It's It was such an incredible game, and then you forget that Gary Payton uh, has mm. the uh, the elbow injury and that Dylan yeah. Brooks missed that game. So it's going to be sort of interesting from a, a physicality matchup standpoint now moving forward where, like, who do you even try to guard jaw with? Because Gary, Gary Payton was really going to be that guy. So yeah. uh, I think I tend to lean Warriors in six or seven, but... I mean, just give me seven of these games and like, let's watch them all go down to the wire. I mean, it's just, it's just basketball at its best right now. So, um, I think I definitely give the edge to the Warriors with their experience. I think Steph is still the best player in the series. Um, so yeah, I, I, I lean that way. Um, and I also wonder if the Grizzlies can like keep up this pace. It's insane. I know that's like their identity, but they're like Man. sprinting down the floor after Phrenetics. makes. It's they just. Are. It's crazy, but yeah. the Warriors are keeping up, so yeah. it's, it's going to be a really interesting series. You think they got a shot? I'll say it's, I, I got seven games as well. I, I think the Warriors win in seven. I've had that feeling. But even to y'all point about how bad they shot, in the first game they shot better, and it was still a one-point game. Mm-hmm. Like, the, even though they and had Josh that should have made that layup and won the they, game. So just as they could be down 0-2, they could be yep. up 2-0. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. the same thing. Like, that's it's, – it's two sides to this on this one, man. Like, and, and – Everybody's playing for me, great. <laughs> and for me, I love at the it. end of the day, it came out as a as a wash, but also that Warriors stole home court back, which I do, I do think correct, mm-hmm. correct is a you know, and they were without back. and they were without Dylan Brooks as well, you know, who also got kicked out for what you know happened with Gary Payton as well. Right. He might be out for game. I, three. I haven't seen any updates today as far as the league uh, reviewing that and considering any further punishment. I haven't either. I, haven't either. I, mean, Steve, just, Steve I wouldn't be Kerr, surprised. Steve Kerr clearly was advocating yeah. for some kind of further punishment the way I, I wouldn't that he, be mad in honestly. game uh what you know when they did like the between one and two second quarter interview yeah. sideline he called it you know that that wasn't physical that was dirty yeah. and then he doubled down after the game yeah um that so was we'll, very uh Grayson Allen on Caruso if not worse honestly yeah, yeah that you was, know that just that kind of the terrible. same like knocking a player out of the air it's what what Steve Kerr said which not is, not an attempt at the ball whatsoever yeah. you're just risking like, a guy's lined for up the rest yeah. of that season the rest of this terrible. playoff run or as as Steve said even for the risking the player's yeah. career yeah I don't mind him being suspended a game for that honestly I don't I don't mind him getting suspended a game uh, and of course, Draymond had you know thoughts. <laughs> I'm shocked, but man, Draymond was like bleeding from the face. Yeah, right, right. He had a dislocated right. or a, a, you know a fracture up. Like that game was yeah. crazy. Yeah, give me five more of them, please. Please, um, please. And we, and we got two games on deck tonight. We got uh, Heat Sixers yeah, one game, game two. Uh, there's you know a big question mark there with Joel Embiid and whether or not he's going to come back in these playoffs at some point and play with a face mask or whatever. Game four, he's got probably. that facial fracture. Uh, and then, um, and then we got the uh, the nightcap. Luca and the Mavs trying to split things up in Phoenix when yeah. game two. Yeah, you know I'm going to be hopping on points bet. I know you are. Any minute now. <laughs> put a little He's good to see <laughs> <laughs> There you go, Mr. Gottlieb. He's on brain. Uh, appreciate y'all for tuning in today. Uh, we'll be back here in studio with another live show for you guys tomorrow afternoon, same time, same place, 3 p.m. Chicago time. Mm-hmm. Um, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter. Will is at Won't Got Leave. Dave's Bowl BAWL Sports on Bulls underscore Peck. We are collectively CHGO underscore Bulls. Shout out and thanks to our producer Joey for hanging out with us Joey. today. 
Uh, and uh, stay tuned. Keep it here at the CHGO Sports YouTube channel for more content we got on deck for you. And we'll see y'all tomorrow. Until then, see you right. Be good. <laughs>